0: so today, by Hashem, we do two lessons in Tichat lessons ninety and ninety one, starting with lesson ninety. ד'הן שכול אדם קדם השנה, הוא רואה כל הנשמות של המותים של Abenu tells us that a person, before he goes to sleep, he sees all those souls of the dead people, all those dead souls of those who were close to him, meaning those who were, he was close to in his lifetime, or maybe ancestors or relatives, or those souls that are from his root, from his source, from the same uh, root soul. Before a person sleeps, <coughs> each and every person sees all those souls. Just like before death. That all those souls that I mentioned above, those who are close, uh, those relatives or those souls from His source, are also appearing to a person before they die. As is known in the Zohar, uh, page 218a. Rabbeinu says, not only is the same true um, about death, but it's also true about sleep as well. Rabenu explains this, um, saying that the Zohar mentions this, but Rabbi comes to add this idea of sleep as well. That before a person goes to bed, a person goes to sleep, and we know that sleep is a 60th of death, as brought down in Gemara page 57b, that sleep is one is 160th of death. And therefore, and Therefore, because it's 160th of death, one sees those souls as well before he goes to sleep. It's just that because the sight of these souls goes quickly in passing. It's very vague it, it happens very vaguely. And it happens like just like one spark, like one shot. Um and you don't barely you don't really get to see it. It happens like super quickly. Because <laughs> before a person dies as well, there's also many distinctions and levels of uh of seeing of, of seeing souls, of seeing dead souls that a person who's very great or a very upright person sees all those souls, those dead souls who are his relatives or those who are from his root he sees those souls extremely clearly with a sight that's perfect but ordinary people but those ordinary people they don't see those dead souls Um, They see those dead souls before their death um, just in passing, super quickly. Like it just passes before their eyes without them having the chance to focus on it. Um, Very vaguely. Just like a spark flashing before their eyes. And it happens just like that, like a shooting star in a sense, you can't see it. And before sleep, which is one-sixtieth of death, then that sight which we mentioned above, is seeing those souls before a person passes away, is just one-sixtieth of that spark which you receive before you die. Because the seeing of those souls before a person passes away is, um, is much stronger than the one you sleep before you sleep. But of course, if you're just a normal person, then the sight that you see those souls before you pass away Is not very strong. So all the more so, imagine whenever you go to bed That it's literally just the spark of a spark. It's one sixtieth of the spark you would receive before you die So you, could, you can't even see it at all. You can't even focus. You don't even know what it is um, So therefore, before a person sleeps, which is one um, sixtieth of death Then that sight of those souls that we mentioned above it's just one-sixtieth of that light that one would experience before they die. and therefore, therefore, the person naturally doesn't feel any of that sight. He didn't experience that vision at all. The vision of seeing those dead souls, of those who are close, those relatives, or those who are from the same source. Simply because, um, imagine before death it might be unclear. Yet alone, before you go to sleep, which is one-sixtieth of death. It's all the more um, unclear. So it's, uh, yeah, it's that much more unclear. Therefore, a person doesn't know of this at all because it's a very, very vague spark. It's a very, um, like, bland spark. You can't see it. It doesn't have any clarity, especially because it's one-sixtieth of the clarity that you would receive at death. But the truth is, Rabenu says that everyone sees this before they go to sleep, and therefore it's all a matter about training yourself and becoming an upright person to have the merit to see this. Rabenu said about himself that before he was entering, before he went to the land of Israel, Rabenu had this praise of himself. Rabenu attained this level already. That um, Rabenu told his students, he said that I cannot go to sleep simply because the six hundred thousand letters of the Torah pass before my eyes. Only then I can go to sleep. Rabenu, before he was going to sleep, he had all the 600,000 letters, which represent 600,000 souls, uh, passed before his eyes. Essentially, Rabenu, because he's the tzaddik Sudoran, because he's the tzaddik, who is the foundation and the pillar of the world, he possesses all the neshamot of Am Yisrael within him. And therefore, all the 600,000 letters need to pass by before him, before he goes to bed. And this is clearly evident in this lesson. This is directly connected to that, as, to that story that Rabenu writes, that Nathan writes in the name of Rabenu in Chaim Oran. Um, as it brought down over there. Siman Tzadik Aleph, Lesson 91. Segula l'atmada, Gabbano gives us a, um, a propitious thing, something that is propitious to attain diligent in Torah study. A Segula, something that can give us uh, the ability to be diligent in Limud Torah. So now is going to explain what can enable you to do that. Shizkel matmid belimudo. Rabenu <clears throat> says, if you, a person wants to merit to be diligent in his Torah study, he needs to be careful not to speak out against any other Jew. That means lashon hara. That means gossip. That means speaking even negatively, just even uh, what do you call it? Finding a flaw in another Jew that he might have even done. Nonetheless, that stuff takes away your diligence in Torah study. Rabbanu brings us a parable. When we see a bride, if a man, the chatan, the groom is about to marry the bride, when he sees the bride who's beautiful, then the love is complete. But when the when the bride has a blemish or a flaw, then the love is certainly not complete. The same is true. The same is true of the Torah. The Torah is called a kara, It's called the bride, and the proof of this is here. Moshe Ketuv is brought down in the verse in Dvarim chapter 33. The command brachot is going to give us an explanation of this verse. But it's brought down in the verse in Dvarim. Sefer uh, Dvarim chapter 33 verse 4. Torah Moshe Moshe The Torah was commanded to us by Moshe Morasha. Kielat Yaakov, etc. Morasha, it's a heritage for the congregation of Yaakov. What's Morasha, a heritage? Do not read it, heritage. Rather, the Torah is meorasa, it's the betrothed one. That we are betrothed to the Torah, the Torah is like the bride. So Rabbanu proves to us that the Torah is considered like the bride. And therefore, just like when we're seeing the bride, if the bride is not perfect, that the love is not complete. Therefore, the same is true of the Torah. If the Torah. Uh, if you try to find, if there's a flaw in the Torah, then it's certainly not complete. So Rabbeinu is going to explain what this means and the significance of this when you judge another Jew
1: negatively.
0: Each and every Jew, each and every soul of the Jewish people has a letter of the Torah that it represents. There are 600,000 souls and 600,000 letters. brought down in the Zohar Hadash, at the end of Shira Shirim. And it says over there, it says what? That the 600,000 letters of the Torah correspond to the 600,000 souls of the Jewish people. And therefore, when there's a flaw in one soul, by default, there's a flaw also in the Torah. Because the Torah is the, is the root and the source of all the souls of the Jewish people. Therefore, if you find a flaw in one soul, which represents one letter. Then one letter in the Torah is blemished, and we know that if a letter in the Torah is blemished, then the entire Torah becomes pasul; it becomes unworthy. You cannot read from it. Therefore, it's impossible to love the Torah in its perfect in its perfection to make the, to love the Torah for its perfection because the Torah is not perfect by the fact that you judge a Jew negatively, and thereby when you judge a Jew, and therefore when you judge a Jew negatively automatically you, you create a flaw in the Torah, so to speak, which is a tremendous, tremendous blemish. But when you are careful to speak, um, to speak positively about another Jew, when you're careful not to speak negatively about another Jew, and uh, you make sure not to find a flaw in any single Jew, we see that the Torah has no flaw, no blemish. It's perfect. Therefore, you'll certainly love the Torah, and therefore you'll be diligent in it. And therefore, you'll be diligent in Torah study because of the great love that you have for it. And the only way that love exists is by loving another Jew. This is what it says in the verse. It says in The Torah, the Torah of Hashem is perfect, it's wholesome. It restores a soul. What does that mean? That the Torah of Hashem is perfect. Torah Meaning, when the Torah of Hashem is perfect without any blemish or flaw, meaning that you're careful not to speak out against any other Jew, and you're careful not to find any flaws within any single Jew, because each and every Jew represents a letter of the Torah. So you're careful to make sure not to blemish any letter of the Torah. The result of this is what? Therefore, when you judge a Jew positively, and you do not find any flaws in any Jew, and thereby you making the Torah, therefore you make the Torah perfect. If that's the case, the Torah is perfect. Without any flower or blemish. And then when it's perfect, then it can restore a person's soul. Because only then when the Torah is perfect, when you make the Torah perfect, by judging every single Jew positively, Only then specifically does a person merit to love the Torah and he merits to feel the sweet taste of the Torah that restores his soul. Mm -hmm. By the fact that the Torah has no flaw in it. And then when you have the sweet taste of the Torah in your mouth, then you're able to merit this true diligence in Torah study, enabling you to attain the sweetness of the Torah. Rabbanu says in... um, Rabbanu says in Chayim Oran that if a person were to true... Uh, sorry, he, he says this in uh, in Sikhot I actually think we mentioned this. That if a person were to... Yeah, we mentioned this in Sikhot Um That what? Rabbanu says that if a person were to merit the true sweetness of the Torah, were to taste the su- true lo- sweetness of the Torah, and that the Torah were to open its love to this person, he would want no reward for the world to come. He'd be happy he was just studying the Torah. That's how much the Torah can give to a person. But we have to merit that love. And of course it starts with bitterness. But we fight through that until we merit to open up and reveal the love of the Torah. And there was once a story that I'm sure Rabenu, this is what's connected to. There's a story in Kharim O'Ran where a student came to Rabenu and asked Rabenu how to attain diligence in Torah study. And Rabenu responded to him saying what? That the only way to attain diligence in Torah study is to make sure not to find any flaws in any other Jew. And uh, this is where we see it from. This is the source. And um, of course, um, we see the importance of this that the entire Torah is rendered perfect by the fact that we find perfection in other, in other Jewish people. In every single Jew that we come across, even those that um, might dislike us, we should still find the love in them. We should still find the good point within them. To to focus on the good only. And by doing this, we perfect the Torah. And um, of course, the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch and Israel are one. It says in the Zohar, um, uh, What do you call it? We say that the Torah, um, the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God, and the Jewish people were all one. I forget the order that it's mentioned in the Zohar over there, but that's the idea. Um, um, that we are all one. And therefore, if you perfect the Torah, you perfect Hashem, you perfect the Jewish people as a whole. We are all connected. The Hashem may you have the merit to find the good in every Jew and perfect the Torah by, doing, uh, by finding this good and by doing this azamra, and by finding the nekotot tovot in ourselves, of course, also. Because if we don't find the perfection, if we don't find the good within ourselves, then we are damaging the Torah as well. Because we too are rooted in the Torah. So maybe be careful with this and follow Rabban with directive and advice here. To really, um, this is the most important thing i ever mentioned. In his entire Torah, this is the most important subject to find the good within other people to uh, not speak out against another Jew. This is the main thing. So that's it for today. God willing, we continue next podcast with uh, Siman Tzadi Bet.